This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18. You know, we have actions that God calls us to do regardless of our circumstances. And three of those are mentioned here. Rejoice pray and give thanks. Today, we're going to talk about in everything, give thanks. Let us remember just briefly back to the first Thanksgiving when the pilgrims were meeting with the Native Americans and they were having a joint dinner together. And the pilgrims had gone through a very, very tough time. They had lost a lot of people over the winter. Their crops didn't always grow well. And this particular year, they had enough of a harvest where they really could stop and celebrate. And they got a little scared when the Native Americans came and with a whole bunch of people and they wondered how they would feed them all. What they didn't realize is that the Native American people who came brought lots of food to share as well. So they had a community Thanksgiving event. And you could imagine that if your spouse had died, your children had died, over that last year, maybe it would be difficult to give thanks. However, they gave thanks anyway, because they were looking at what they still could be thankful for. So in that particular time, it was because they had food that year, they had sufficient crops, they had newfound friends, and they had learned from newfound friends how to thrive in this new territory and how to plant crops so that they would grow. So they were thankful for God's favor, for God's abundance, and for the crops which they enjoyed. It's very easy to be thankful when all is going well, and particularly on those items that we care a lot about, such as food, shelter, and clothing. We care about what happens to us in those realms. And when God has provided, it's easy to say thank you for those things. My question today is how can we be thankful regardless of our circumstances? So what I want to talk about today are several items that we can be thankful for no matter what's going on. So number one, the first item is for life itself. It means that you're here another day to make a difference. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter verses 4 through 12, it talks about how that a living dog is better than a dead lion. So as long as you're in the land of the living, you have hope, you have consciousness, and you can do your work. Because as those scriptures say, there is no work in the grave where you're going. And when you get to where you're going, you're not going to be able to influence anything going on down here. You won't have consciousness about what's happening on the earth after you're away from the earth. So if we have life, we have hope. If we have 
life. We have another day to carry on what it is that we are called to do. So secondly, I would like to say that we can always be thankful for being made in the image of God. And you might say, well, what's so big about that? Well, being made in the image of God, it means that we are able to commune with God at a very different level from all the rest of creation on earth. Like God, we can reason. And in the scriptures, he even says, come, let us reason together. We have creativity as God had creativity. So we are daily creating something new in our environment. And we have a spirit in us and he talks to us through his spirit. That's a very special connection and a special relationship. So it is really a blessing to be made in the image of God, and it's something we can thank God for. Thirdly, we have divine purpose and meaning. And one of the things that we know in the leadership world is that people like to associate with companies that have a greater mission, a greater purpose, that are doing more than just the mundane on the earth. Well, God knows that about us, and he has given us a divine purpose with profound meaning. In some ways, we could say the purpose is to be salt and light on the earth, a city set on the hill. If you're salt, you preserve that which needs to be preserved. You make things taste better just because you're there. If you're light, you're lighting the path before you, And before other people, you're leading people out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And a city set on a hill can be seen from a great distance. It's like a lighthouse. You're not going to be missed. People see the guidepost that leads to where the Father is. With our divine purpose and meaning, we are destined to do works that glorify the Father. And when we do the works that glorify the Father, it proclaims to the rest of the world who God is. Jesus says, let men see these good works that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are also ambassadors. We're ambassadors of the country from which we really come, which is a heavenly country. And as those ambassadors, we're reminding people here that this world is not our home. It's a temporary stopping place. It's not our permanent home. So in our ambassador work, we are ministers of reconciliation because God has made a way for us to cross the chasm between when we were separated through Adam and Eve sin in the garden. And so now we can be reconciled through his Messiah who has come to join us back to the Father. And as a result, we can proclaim the rest that we have in God by believing in his Messiah, who he has sent, and obeying what the Messiah says. That means we are accepting God's rest, God's provision, his way for us to be reconciled to him. So this is all part of our divine purpose and meaning is to spread the good news about the new covenant which God is making with his people. Thirdly, I would say that God has promised never to leave us or to forsake us. God is with us in all 
that we go through. He's not necessarily promised an easy road or that everything would be the way we want it to be. However, he did promise that no matter what we go through, he is there with us. His presence is with us. And as Romans 8.31 says, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a really important thing. Whenever God's on your side, you've got a winning majority. So God is with us in all that we go through. And even Paul, when he was talking about this further in Romans 8, starting in 35, he says, you know, whether he lives or whether he dies, Paul understood that no one can separate us from the love of God. He says, shall tribulation separate us? Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword. He says, we're killed all day long. And even though like sheep for the slaughter, we still are not separated from the love of God. We live and die in the love of God. And that's why Paul could say, you know, it doesn't matter whether I live or die. If I live, that's better for you because then I can continue to minister to you. If I die, it's better for me because then I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to be with Jesus Christ, our Lord, also. So the love of God knows no boundaries. And wherever we go, God's love is present with us. Even as Psalm 23 says, he is with us as we go through the shadow of death. And he even prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And when I hear that verse, I think about many people who have lost loved ones, who've gone through, going through death of someone close to you. You just know God is with you even in those losses, those who are in war-torn countries and war-torn areas where they're seeing death all around them. Yet God is with us as we go through the valley of the shadow of death. And there are times when we wonder, how is he going to provide for us in this desert? He sets up a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That's all quite profound. Also, something that we can always be thankful for, as we said before, God's love. And the way I want to talk about this is to say that God himself is love. And we also know from John 3.16 that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God loves us so much that he sacrificed and gave his best. We carry that love with us everywhere that we go because God's character is love. It's not just something he does. It's who he is. And when we think about that, he will bring us safely from here to him and to where he is to our permanent home. And he gives us the strength then to bear all trials. And with the trials that come, he prepares and gives ways of escape. And sometimes when he's calling us to our final rest through whatever way and whatever means that occurs, I think of Stephen. Stephen was a very dedicated servant of God. He was preaching in the synagogue, talking about the history of the Jewish people. And he was talking about what God was doing in this new time. 
And the people got very angry with him because he called them out on having persecuted the prophets of old time and time again. So they stoned and killed Stephen. And what Stephen said is that as he's looking up into heaven, he said, I see Jesus and he's standing at the right hand of God. He said he sees the glory of God. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. This was all preparing him to go to that place which he had never gone to before and didn't know, and yet it was going to be his new home. Number six, we also can be thankful for the peace that passes all understanding. Jesus promised a peace that he would give us that the world could not take away. And it's a peace that's inside, it's internal, it's not dependent on circumstances. No matter what our circumstances are, we can have this type of peace from God. That's what we're talking about. The peace that can be calm as Jesus was calm in the boat, on the sea, in a great storm and tempest, yet he was resting while his disciples were fretting because he had that inner knowing, that inner peace. And that's the peace that God gives us as well. Number seven, we can be thankful for joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can be thankful for that joy because like the peace, it transcends circumstances. God can light the fire of that joy and peace within us, no matter what we face. So we can be thankful for God's joy. Number eight, we can be thankful for strength. And as I just mentioned, it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And if we look at Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 31, we talk about how that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And he gives us wings as eagles so that we can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. That's pretty amazing. And if you think about the children of Israel in the wilderness, he gave them strength so that those few people who survived the wilderness years and who God allowed to go into the promised land, they were still strong and vigorous, even though they had spent 40 years wandering in the desert. Their shoes did not wear out, and they were still able to climb mountains and do all that they needed to do. So God is able to give us strength for our journey and whatever it is that he calls us to do. Number nine, I would say that we can be thankful for God's spirit, God's spirit to live out this life. And that's really important because apart from God and his spirit through his son, we can do nothing. We must abide in the vine. And from that vine, which is Jesus himself, we get the spirit of God. And that spiritual sustenance is what sustains us through everything that we go through in our life. So we want to be thankful for God's spirit. It's through that spirit of God that he's able to communicate with us because we're made in his image and we have that spirit, which then leads me to number 10, being thankful for a relationship with God. If you know him, if you have accepted him and his rest 
through his Messiah who comes to give us a permanent rest. If we accept that, we have a relationship with God that is dynamic and it's a very close relationship. And he no longer thinks of us as servants, but he calls us friends. And like Abraham, when he was friends with Abraham, he came down to earth to let Abraham know in advance what he was going to do in the world. And when we are friends with God, he also informs us of things we couldn't possibly know because we are not God. And yet he wants us to know him and wants us to know what he is doing. And when we're in relationship with him, not only do we get to know him, we start that heavenly relationship right here on earth. And it just continues after we leave the earth and go to be with him permanently in the heavenlies. So when we have this relationship with God, we are adopted sons into God's family. If you think about those who are Gentiles, we are grafted into God's natural olive branch, which started with the Jewish people and father Abraham, and then through Isaac, and then through Jacob, who is known as Israel. And if you are a Jewish person who understands that Jesus is the Messiah, then you are grafted back into your very own natural olive branch. And the gospel came to you first and then to the Gentiles. So all of us, whether Jew or Gentile, we belong to that same tree and we have a relationship with God if, in fact, we know him. And when we are in relationship with God, the good news is that we get to rest from our labors here on earth and we have an eternal rest after we die. He gives us rest here in one sense because it's internal and a rest later, which is all-encompassing. It's a rest on every level when we go to our heavenly home. And one of the things Jesus said is that, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden because I will give you rest. And he tells us to take his yoke upon him. And he talks about how his burden is easy and light and his yoke is easy and light. Because if we're in the yoke of work with him, we're not doing any work. He's doing all the work. He's bearing all the load and he is our strength. So these are all things that we can be thankful for no matter what's going on in our circumstances. We continue to be thankful always about what we just talked about now, and I'm just going to summarize those. We can be thankful for our life. We have breath in our bodies. We're still here on planet Earth. We can be thankful about that. We can be thankful that we are made in the image of God, having the apparatus to communicate with him in a special way and having the ability to work and be creative and to reason as God also does. We can be thankful that we have a divine purpose and meaning for our lives that's greater and bigger than who we are ourselves. So he's given us that greater divine purpose and meaning. Number four, God has promised never to leave us or to forsake us. He's with us no matter what we go through. 
we have his divine presence. We also have God's divine love, number five, no matter what's going on, because God himself is love. And if he's with us and we have his presence, then we have love because God is love. Number six, we have the peace that passes all understanding. No matter what tempest is going on around us, no matter what hurricane, no matter what tsunami, no matter what flood, no matter what fire, no matter what challenge, no matter what war is going on, no matter what disease plagues the earth, we can have the peace of God. And then number seven, the joy of God, again, which transcends all circumstances because it's his joy. That is our strength, which is number eight. We have strength in God to do this supernatural, to have the wings of eagles, to run and not be weary and to walk and not faint. Number nine, we have God's spirit. And again, his spirit allows us to communicate with him in a unique way. And through the spirit, we are sustained. We are fed his heavenly food every day in our lives, the strengthening in the spirit man, which all in all, this leads to number 10, a special relationship with God that's dynamic, and that is close. And when we're in that relationship, we get the benefit of communing and fellowship with God, and we also get the benefit of the blessings that belong to his children. That's pretty profound when we think about it and then when we really consider what all God has done for us. So I want to say, no matter what, we can be thankful. And God calls us to look around and to be thankful and to be thankful in every circumstance because this is his will for us. So as you go through this season, of thanksgiving every day. Think of at least three reasons to be thankful and thank God for those reasons. They can be the traditional things, the food, shelter, and clothing that we care about so much. We can thank God for the tangibles, and we can also thank God for those intangibles, the spiritual realities that I mostly talked about in today's segment. And so I want to close today with a scripture reading that many of us, most of us will be familiar with, and we've heard it many times before, and that's Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So enjoy your week as you make a joyful shout to the Lord, as you serve him with gladness and enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise.
You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.